Nice. So a bunch of waters lined up underneath this thing I didn't know about till just now. Yep, UBC thinks of everything. I appreciate that. Add this to the rent. Sorry about that. I'm stealing the water from UBC. <clears throat> I won't drink it all. I'll put it back in there. It should be fun. I need you to know how odd I feel standing in a pulpit. I've never liked standing in a pulpit. It makes me feel weird. But I know that people say they can't see me very well. So, again, if I, if I start getting arrogant, it's y'all's fault. I just want you to know, now that I've, now that I've been elevated, there's no, there's no telling what happens, what happens next. All right, let me, uh, allow me to read the, the New Testament scripture that we'll be uh, looking at tonight, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do our new call and response afterwards. We'll see if you guys remember your part there. We're looking in the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 12, verses 32 through 40, and it says this. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possession and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those, blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known to what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. So you must be ready. The Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. For the Word of God in Scripture, for the Word of God among us, for the Word of God within us, thanks be to God. I had one overriding fear uh, growing up in the 70s and 80s in uh, church culture. Believe it or not, it wasn't quicksand, even though every TV show when I was a kid had quicksand in it. I I would have thought the whole world was filled with it. I've never actually seen it in person, but it was a true danger in the 70s and 80s TV land. I also wasn't all that afraid of motorcycle gangs, although they were the bad guys in every TV episode I watched, and I was sure I'd be running into a bunch of them in my life. I was slightly freaked out uh, by evil dolls that came to life and hunted people. The rated R movie I wasn't supposed to see as a kid, but snuck and saw anyways and kept me awake at night. But that wasn't really the thing I was most bothered by. It wasn't even rock music, which I was told over and over again in every youth talk was going to send me straight to hell. Nor was it the 60% of society that I was yelled, I was led by my youth group leaders to believe were in satanic cults in the 70s and 80s. They were everywhere. None of that was what I feared the most. What really gave me anxiety, what I was most petrified of, was Jesus coming back. Which, of course, is the sign of any healthy relationship. Please don't let me see them again. (laughs) First sign you might need to go to couples therapy, right? We talked about the apocalypse a lot. We talked about Jesus coming back a lot. And specifically, we talked about Jesus surprising us when he came back. When we messed up time change and showed up to church an hour early and no one was there and we thought everyone was raptured without us, that was a bad few minutes. (laughs) Now, we didn't have the Left Behind book series yet. I'm too old for that. It wasn't wasn't out when I was a kid. 
nor the accompanying Kirk Cameron movies, uh, who somehow uh, never received awards, uh, were not around yet either. But we had a movie, and that movie was called A Thief in the Night. Anyone remember A Thief in the Night? Uh, because we, YouTube is what it is, you can go and watch the entire thing tonight if you'd like to. Uh, I would recommend keeping the kids out of the room. Uh, I'm sure it was very well-intentioned, but it was an objectively terribly written and acted movie. Uh, in fact, the opening scene is, is of a preacher uh, really letting a youth group have it about being ready for when Jesus comes back. And while he's giving the talk, there's a teenage girl who's attempting to flirt with a teenage boy across the room instead of listening to God's word as she should. And I think she's supposed to be flirtishly winking at him, but it really looks more like something flew into her eye or she has a facial tick. It's not a great movie. But, and, and I don't think this is cursing because I mean it very literally, it scared the hell out of me. I got saved a lot because of that movie. The movie borrowed its titles from a, a couple of scriptures, including today's, where Jesus might show up like a thief in the night, and we should all be ready. In fact, it started with a song. There's a band, a wonderful band you've got to see from the 70s in the beginning of this movie, who sings a song called, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. And if you're a little younger than me, later on, DC Talk covered that song to scare a whole new generation. And, and it's, it starts off really soft, really nice and fuzzy. It starts off with, life was filled with guns and war, and all of us got trampled on the floor. I wish we'd been ready. Children died, and days grew cold. A piece of bread could buy a bag of gold. I wish we'd all been ready. Sounds a lot like my depressed high school journals. But the song was effective, right? It scared me. It disturbed me on such a deep level that when I get to verses like this in the Bible, I still have to take a moment and gather myself because it triggers me a little bit. We called what we taught about Jesus in my church growing up the good news, but there is no doubt that Jesus returning was bad news to us. It's the only light in which we ever cast it. We were deeply frightened at its impending certainty and what was going to come with it. Jesus was coming and he was bringing help to them. That is why, uh, as much as sometimes I don't like the way the lectionary breaks up passages, you know, you've got to choose a place to start and end and a lot of times you can lose context. And in today's verse, the first couple of verses don't really feel like they match the next ones that are talking about being ready. First, it's give away possessions and don't store up for yourselves treasures on this earth. And then it moves into this be ready stuff. And it feels disjointed. Like, why would you start there? But I'm grateful. I'm grateful we start in verse 32. Because verse 32, again, to remind you, says, Do not be afraid, little flock. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, before we unpack the rest of uh, the complicated imagery of these verses, because there's all kinds of weird metaphors and analogies that get all mixed up in a short amount of time, let's remember that backdrop. The removal of fear because of a good and generous shepherd. Do not be afraid, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Everything that we talk about, everything that follows that needs to flow from that backdrop. The removal of fear, a good and generous shepherd shepherd, right? Do not be afraid, little flock. God is chomping at the bit to give you what really matters, what really endures, right? 
and the following call for generosity and selling what you don't need to give to those in need, the reminder to be ready at all times, all of it, all of it is born from a lack of fear. It's not there to instill fear. It's not there because we are afraid. It comes from a lack of fear and a confidence in God's goodness and generosity. If we get that backdrop wrong, we read the rest of this incorrectly. I need to remember that over and over and over again whenever I get into these passages, right? God's good pleasure is to give us the kingdom of peace, not fear. Now, that doesn't mean that this is necessarily a warm and fuzzy passage. It doesn't mean that these teachings by Jesus have no teeth. It's not hallmark. It's not fuzzy bunnies all the time. The kingdom of God provokes sacrificial love, bleeding for your enemy, outlandish generosity, radical befriending, and risky peacemaking. It, it, it involves letting go of our narcissism and our need to be right. It involves turning the other cheek and loving those who hate us. The kingdom of God is not easy. It doesn't lack teeth because it is genuinely good and generous and revolutionary. It's not easy, but it is nothing to fear. This do not fear is immediately followed by calls to sell what you don't need and to give it away. Uh, which is something I always need to be reminded of. But we did talk about generosity and being a, a man of people and not a mammon of people a couple weeks ago, so I don't want to rehash that right now. You can go back and listen to the podcast from a couple weeks ago. And I want to turn towards the reminder to be ready. And again, I am thankful for, for the beginning of this being do not be afraid because fear for me is closely tied to the idea of preparation. I don't know how to separate the two. I mostly only prepare out of fear. Uh, You may be different, but I was trying to literally think of anything in my life that I prepared for that wasn't rooted in some kind of fear, silly or not. I'm afraid one of the kiddos is going to have an accident, so I'm prepared in the car with five diapers, two bags of wipe, and a whole other set of clothes, right? I'm afraid of sounding even dumber than I might actually be in front of a group of people, so I prepare for the talk I need to give in public. I don't prepare for you. I prepare for me because I'm scared of looking dumb. I prepare because uh, I prepare because I'm afraid of looking bad or feeling bad or being in danger. So when you say be prepared, that's the headspace I'm automatically finding myself in. It's a headspace of fear. When I was a Cub Scout, the motto was be prepared. And I didn't care for it. It made me anxious. Be prepared for what? Exactly how close is this bear that I'm afraid of out here in these woods, right? It just felt anxiety-inducing to me. And then you have verses like these that are telling you to be prepared, and suddenly Jesus is a thief coming in the middle of the night. I'm triggered. I'm scared. And that is kind of a strange image to use for Jesus, right? A thief in the middle of the night? After all, just a couple verses before this, a thief is described among those who steal, kill, and destroy, right? I mean, I know Jesus is kind of bad at marketing himself. He tends to chase people away. But couldn't he come up with a better way of talking about himself just six verses later than a thief? To which Jesus says, okay, not a thief, no problem. How about we compare me to a slave owner? That's way better. A thief, a slave owner, surprises you in the middle of the night. It's hard not to read this without fear. 
But here's something I'd never really imagined about these verses or noticed about these verses before this week when I was preparing for the talk. And this is my favorite thing when it's verses I've seen a lot and read a lot in my life and even preached on before when something new kind of jumps out at me. I'd never really thought about it before. But if Jesus is a thief or a slave owner, he is a bizarre and beautiful version of one. Read again what it says when it compares Jesus to a master that surprises the slaves in the middle of the night. Verse 37 says, Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. He will come and serve them. Now normally I'm a little bit freaked out at the idea of a thief breaking into the middle of the night or someone barging in to my house in the middle of the night. And I would be terrified as a slave if the master surprised me in the middle of the night. But I'm mostly afraid because I had never considered this possibility. What if they're just breaking into the house in the middle of the night to tighten their belts and get busy working to serve me a delicious meal? I can get behind that kind of thievery. Feel free to break into the house anytime you want if you're going to make me a nice meal. I'll sacrifice sleep for food. Right? I turn on the alarm at my house at night because I'm assuming any unannounced intruders are looking to fleece me, not to feed me. I don't assume that they're coming to give and to serve and provide for me, just the opposite, hence the reason I'm afraid. But do not be afraid, little flock. The thief breaks in and feeds. The master surprises you with cookies. In my heaven, it's cookies. I don't know what it is in yours. The key here is do not be afraid of an unknown future with a surprising God because that God brings good things. Do not be afraid of an unknown future with a surprising God because that God brings good things. And that is the spirit in which we are to be prepared. We're not afraid because the hammer may be coming down on us. We are preparing for that God. That is the God that we are preparing for, the one who serves instead of seeking to be served, the master who has already surprised us by showing up as a vulnerable, dependent baby instead of a conquering king. The thief who has already lifted up the lowly and brought down the proud, the king who willingly died for the subjects, the one for whom death itself could not hold. We prepare for that God's arrival. It's not rooted in fear. It's rooted in anticipation and hope. God's going to surprise you one day, and that's good news. Yes, God is out of control and unpredictable, and every time we build a box, God seems to break out of it. And that by itself might trigger you a little bit, may give you a little bit of panic because you like to keep things where they're supposed to be. I understand that that may feel a little scary, but do not fear, little flock. That God should not keep you up at night. Now, if that God was capricious or quick to anger or abounding in apathy, if you can abound in apathy, be afraid. But that is not the God we serve or we prepare for. That is not the God we serve or rather serves us. Great food, unexpectedly, in the middle of the night. Prepare now for that good God. Prepare now for that new world that that good and gracious God is returning to build. So do not fear, little flock. 
It is God's good pleasure to give us that kingdom now. To help us live now, prepared for the world that is to come. To be the first fruits of God's kingdom. God's kingdom which will be here on earth as it is now in heaven. To let go of those things that steal life and love away from what really matters in our world. So be prepared. Do not be afraid. So that when that time comes, this surprising creator of all things will once again shock us with an unannounced and unexpected appearance. And when that unannounced and unexpected appearance happens, we can be ready at the table, napkin tucked, utensils in hand, ready for the feast that that good thief brings. Let's pray.